citizens of heaven and we're citizens of earth. But for many of us, because we live here on the earth, we are so focused on all of the things of the earth. We have our eyes on the things that are below. And he's like, no, no, I want you to seek those things which are above. I want you to put your eyes on eternity and not the things that are temporal. I want you to focus on the things that are the most important and not just the urgent matters of of right here, right now. Any professional athlete will tell you that their focus is key in being able to do well in their sport. But as you'll learn today, this isn't just true on the field, it's a fact of life. Pastor Daniel invites you to consider what God says about your focus. You'll learn that it's easy to get swept away by what's right in front of you, but that's not the way to the life God wants for you. He wants you to have an eternal mindset, one that frees you up to become more like Jesus. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Colossians chapter 3 as he begins his message, Jesus is our life. Have you ever asked yourself, what is the most important thing in your life? I mean, it's a simple question, but, you know, if you look over your life, for many of us, there are times and seasons where this is the big thing in my life, right? Like, so I look back over my life and, 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 and if, for those of you who remember those things called yearbooks, the books with the pictures in it, you can kind of see what you were all about in that season. I remember when I was like a, when I was a, a young guy, I was just all about sports. It was like sports all day long. Sports were my life. I would play uh, soccer in the, in the, in the fall, you know, and I played basketball, even though I was terrible in the winter. And then I would, and then I would play baseball in the spring and summer, and if I lived in a climate where you could play baseball all year round, I probably would have done that. But it was all just about uh, just sports all day long. And then as I got older, I got really into music. And then it was just all about playing the playing the music, you know. And and and, and that was really fun. And then from there, it became all about partying because you know I, was, I didn't know the Lord, and I was didn't know, and I was off the rails. It was all about partying. And then you know, in the midst of all of that, I'm like, I can't party all day long. And so it went back to the music. And then Jesus entered my life. And then now for the last 20 or so years, it's, there's been such a, a tremendous focus for me on Jesus being the center of my life. But even as I've been following Jesus, there's all these other, you know, you get married and it's like your family t- takes precedence and jobs and, you know, all this stuff goes on. And if all of us, if we look over our lives, there are just these areas of life that really kind of take the center. But I think what we have to always remember, of course, is that if our life is not our own and we were bought at a price, we actually don't get to decide what our life is. I know that's a kind of a crazy statement, but it is a very biblical statement that for each one of us, you know, Jesus gets to say, this is what your life ought to be. And for many of us, that's the struggle, isn't it? Like we want one set of things and God may want another set of things. And, and so in all the circumstances and details of our life, what I am constantly learning is that if I allow Jesus to be my life, and that's really the, the 
message, the, the, the title of today's message. If we let Jesus be our life, then no matter what the details become, if Jesus is our life, then there's great joy and satisfaction in our lives. But if we don't let Jesus be our life, then we have other things that we're hoping for. And when those things come to pass or don't come to pass, then of course we find ourselves feeling all sorts of emotion. We find ourselves all over the place. It's 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 like the the, the old story where someone is just so in love. I mean, maybe maybe you remember the movie uh, Back to the Future. You know, Marty McFly. You are my density. You couldn't even get destiny out there. You know, and it's like. But if all your life is centered on I want to, I need to be with this person, or I need to hit this level of success, or or you know, right now, many people right now, their hope and their life was bound up in whoever is going to win the election, and we realize that 50% of the country is not happy right now. And, and you have all these different things going on, you know, and, 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 and as you look at it, if you allow certain things to be the most important thing, then you end up on that kind of the hamster wheel of the circus and, and, and the roller coaster of emotions. But really what we find is that for the follower of Jesus, if our life is bound up in the finished work of Jesus, there is tremendous joy no matter what the circumstances are. That you find that your heart and your life is so full of the things of God that all these different things go on, but you have this hope that is within you. You have this reality that none of these things actually change Jesus at all. And so I'm excited today as we're looking in Paul's letter to the Colossians on this series that we're calling Understanding Jesus we want to look at what it means for Jesus to be our life. And so in order to do that, I want you to open up your Bibles, Colossians chapter 3. Colossians 3, we're going to take verses 1 to 11 together. Colossians 3, 1 to 11. Now, open up your Bible if you, know, if you, if you have a physical Bible. If you don't, open up your favorite Bible app. And I'm just going to be straight up honest with you. So chapter 3 is one of my favorite chapters in all of the Scripture. We're not going to take it all in today's message. But Colossians 3 is absolutely one of my favorite chapters. And some of the most substantial verses that have impacted my life are found in the study that we're going to have today. So Colossians chapter 3, it starts this way in verse 1. It says, If then you were raised with Christ... Seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. And and really... I already said it, but what does this teach us? It teaches us that Jesus is our life. That Jesus is our life. And I get that specifically out of verses three and four. We we get the same idea in two verses. Notice it says, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So our life is found in Jesus. And then, and when Christ, who is our life, appears, which speaks about the return of Jesus, But twice in two verses, it reminds us that Jesus is our life. And in case that might be shocking to you, don't forget that in John chapter 14, verse 6, that's exactly what Jesus said. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father 
except through me. So Jesus, like what Paul is saying might sound shocking as it lands on the ears of our contemporary culture, but Jesus said that he is the life. Really what this means is that for you and me, our lives are in Christ. That's where real life is found. And really this whole passage is about that. But notice what it says in verse one. If then you were raised with Christ. Now, I want you to notice those words, if then. This is important because it's saying, if then you've been raised with Christ. And what this means is, if your life has been identified with the finished work of Jesus, if you've been born again, you died, you denied yourself, you took up your cross, you denied, and then you followed Jesus and you've been, you died to yourself and you were made alive with Jesus. If that's happened to you, and I realize that, that is the definitive distinction amongst all people. The, if you have been raised with Christ, if you are in Christ or if you are outside of Christ. So there's an old kind of, kind of uh, saying, flippant saying, you're either a saint or you ain't. And really, that really, that's the only division that actually matters in God's economy. It doesn't matter where you come from, what your nationality is, uh, not necessarily your education or, or, or the things that you have attained, whether you're married or single, you know, whether, whether, whatever you do, all that really matters is are you in Christ? Have you been raised with Jesus? And, and, and unabashedly, I would be a lousy pastor if I didn't say, I want everyone to be in Christ, to be raised with, with Christ. Of course, the Bible says that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. That's why Jesus hasn't returned yet. So God's heart is that every single person finds their life in Christ by dying themselves and being resurrected with Jesus. But what Paul is saying here is for the person who has been resurrected with Jesus, somebody who is, what Jesus said, was born again. If then you were raised with Christ. So now this is a word for those of you who are followers of Jesus, those of you who believe in Jesus. Now, if you don't believe in Jesus, I still want you to hear what is available to you, what God's exhortation is for you, because I'm hoping by the end of this gathering, you're going to say yes to Jesus, and then you're going to be raised with Christ. But notice, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Now, this is pretty important, isn't it? Because really what we find is if we've been resurrected with Jesus, right, then God wants us to have a heavenly mindset, not just an earthly mindset. And the thing is, as we live here on earth, we have this dual citizenship. We're citizens of heaven and we're citizens of earth. But for many of us, because we live here on the earth, we are so focused on all of the things of the earth. We have our eyes on the things that are below. And he's like, no, no, I want you to seek those things which are above. I want you to put your eyes on eternity and not the things that are temporal. I want you to focus on the things that are the most important and not just the urgent matters of of right here, right now. See, one of the greatest needs the world has is for the people of God to have a heavenly mindset. To not be looking at, I just want to fight this battle that's in front of me right now. No, there's a greater battle and there's eternity is at stake. And a lot, if you look back over your life, a lot of the things that seemed really important in a season, really in the long run, isn't that important. There's a, a little meme that goes around is that if, if it's not going to matter at all in five years, then don't worry about it for five minutes. That's kind of a gnarly one, isn't it? 
Because what are we worrying about right now that in five years isn't really going to matter very much? See, it's this idea that our perspective needs to be, we need to seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of the Father. Now, that idea of sitting at the right hand of the Father, the picture is, is God exalted and Jesus sitting at that place of power or strength. The right hand next to the king was the most important person because stereotypically people are right-handed and so that the right hand is the hand of power. If you're a left-handed person, we love you. I always like to say that. It's not that God doesn't love you. But, but stereotypically, most people are right-handed. Right hand is the dominant hand. And Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father. So he's saying, listen, take your gaze off of just the earthly things, but, but focus your mind and seek those things which are heavenly. And then verse 2, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Now, Verse two is very, very important to me because I remember when I first became a follower of Jesus, there was this little uh, Christian store that I would go into and they had these free bumper stickers and it was white bumper sticker, black letters, and it said, set your mind on things above. And they were just giving them to you. And I remember I took them and I put it on my, my bass case. I was playing music professionally. I put it on my notebook. I used to bring a notebook with me to church every time because I would take notes on all of them. I still have those notebooks. They're like all mangled up, what the date was, who the preacher was. And on the cover of that was set your mind on things above. I'd put this bumper sticker everywhere. Why? Because I had just come out of the world and I saw that God is saying, listen, no, Daniel, you need to get your eyes off of just all the stuff of earth and you need to set your mind on the things of heaven. I remember when I first started following Jesus, someone who I know very, very well who loves me said, now, Daniel, don't become so heavenly minded that you won't be any earthly good. And I remember hearing that being like, what does that mean? But what I realized is that actually you can't actually be any earthly good unless you're heavenly minded. That, that's a, a false dichotomy. No, listen, the only way you can be earthly good is if you have God's heavenly perspective. And we need that today. Listen, you need that today. You need to seek after the heavenly things, the things that are above, not just the things of the earth. And you do that by setting your mind on the things that are above. You can't let your mind be captivated by all this. Now, and you know this, we live in a day and age right now, where they call it the attention economy. That everything is designed to get your attention and keep your attention. It's why when you're watching Netflix or Amazon Prime, right, the video ends and the next video starts right away. Because they, you know they know if they get you 30 seconds into the next episode, you're going to be there for the next 40 minutes, right? It's the same reason why all of our phones, they have all the notifications. Now, I turn all my notifications off of my phone except for texting. You know, if my wife texts me, I need to know about it. My kids text me, I need to know about it. Everything else I don't need to know about. But why? Because they want to get your attention. And once they get you staring at that, now the goal is to keep your attention because you're actually the product that they want, right? And so because of that, we need to make sure Jesus is actually teaching us our attention should be heavenward should be upward. And you have to ask yourself, what is your mindset on today? Now, the reason this is so important, of course, is, notice, the reason our mind should be on heavenly things is because for you died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. It's like, we died to our self-styled life. I'll never forget 
I'll never forget when, we, when I got the pleasure of baptizing my, my middle child, Maranatha. Such a cool thing to see your kids come to know Jesus. And it's, it's super fun because, you know, Obadiah, when he got, came to know Jesus, we baptized him. Maranatha, she came to know Jesus, we baptized her. Our Annabelle, she knows Jesus, but we haven't baptized her yet, but we're getting ready. She's every time, she's like, man, what can I get baptized? And I'll never forget, I, was, I asked Maranatha, and at this point, she must have been in kindergarten, maybe first grade. And I said, Maranatha, why do you want to be baptized? She's like, well, listen, I put my faith in Jesus. And what that means is that old Maranatha, she died. And when you baptize me, when you put me under the water, dad, that means old Maranatha's getting buried. And when I come on out, I'm new Maranatha in Jesus. I got new life in Jesus. And, 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 then, and then after you baptize me, just give me a hug. Tell me you're proud of me and you love me and, 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 and we'll celebrate. And I'm like, okay, I can do that. But I just love that. Oh, she's six years old, old Maranatha. is gonna die. But she totally got, it's like, she totally gets the gospel. And that's exactly what it's saying. Listen, you know, if we've been raised with Christ, it means because we first died with Christ. And because we die with Christ, we realize our life is not our own. Our life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. And so it, this idea of life, it's not just temporary life, it's eternal life. And that when Jesus comes back, we're going to come back with him. If you don't believe, read the book of Revelation, when, when Jesus returns and, and all this goes on, we're going to be with him and we get to be with him forever. See, life is not just the 30 years or the 40 years or the 50 years or the 80 years or the 100 years you get here. Life is an eternal life and our life is hidden in Christ. Jesus is meant to be our life. Now, with this going on, look what it says in verse 5 of, of Colossians chapter 3. It says, therefore, you see the therefore. What do we always say when we read the word Therefore. Say, what's it there for? He's making a conclusion. He says, therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry, because of these things the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them, but now you yourselves are to put off all these anger, Wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds. Now, really what this teaches us is quite simply, and I get this right from verse 9, that you and I, we need to put off the old man. We need to put off the old man. Or for you ladies, put off the old woman. Right? The, the former self. The, the self that you were before you were in Christ. See, the underlying thought here is that, that we live our life and we live in, in, in union with Jesus. And when we live our lives, we've, been, we've died to ourselves, we put off the old person and we put on Christ. Now all of a sudden, the union of the life of Jesus begins to work itself out in the way that we think, in the way that we act, and, and, and in our relationships. See, our union, us being united with Jesus, is the supreme reality of our lives. And because of that, our union with Jesus, because Jesus is our life, and he is our head, and we hold fast to him, there's all these things that we used to do that we stop doing. And so the idea of like putting off your old clothes, I'll never forget it, that when I was growing up, my mom was so funny. She wanted us to be kind of fun, have fun as kids. And she used to say, listen... As long as you're not wearing like the nicest clothes that we need to keep so that we need you to look nice every once in a while, you're allowed to go out and have a blast. Like go crazy, but you have to 
take off those old clothes before you come in my house. I remember we go in the garage and I, and I remember, you know, in the wintertime in my home state in New Jersey, we would play these crazy epic snow football games. We'd be out there. I mean, we'd be frozen solid. You know what I mean? And, and you know, in the beginning, there'd be snow on the ground, but you could tackle your buddies and it's mayhem. And before you know it, there's mud and there's dirt and there's snow. And we come home, we'd be mangled after doing this for five hours, you know? And I remember we come home and I get in the garage and my mom would be like, take all those clothes off. She hand me a hot chocolate. Take, you were, they were not going in the house, and, you know? And it was like, you can get as dirty as you wanted to, but... Before you came in the house, you need to be clean. And it's the same kind of picture here. Because it's like, when you come home and you're all dirty, you don't just walk through your house in the dirty clothes. You take those things off. In the same way, we're taking off these soiled garments of life. Right? That's what he says. He says, therefore, because our life is hidden in Christ, because Jesus is our life, then we put to death your members which are on the earth. And then we have these lists of all these different things that we are not supposed to be involved in. Now, it's not that doing these things, it's not legalism. This is when we're united with Christ and we're under the headship of Jesus. Because of our union with Christ, these things are not things that Jesus is wanting to be involved in. Notice, and every time I read these lists in the scriptures, I always get a little bit nervous because, you know, we could take a whole week looking at each word, right? But notice what it says. Fornication, which, which of course is, uh, the Greek word is, is, is the word, you know, pornea, which literally we get our word pornography from. It, it's any sort of sexual immorality. So, you, so yeah, it starts right there. For uncleanness, any sort of uh, impurity, which is almost like a wider form of perversion. But not only that, it's like, it just starts with these things. And then you have things like uh, passion, you know, th- this idea of, of, of lust, uncontrollable passion. You know, we have evil desires, uh, any sort of illicit cravings that might be there. And then covetousness, which is idolatry. So, so that word covetousness could also be translated greed. Right? So any sort of greediness, which is idolatry. And the, the reason covetousness or greed, and don't miss that covetousness is in the Ten Commandments, the big ten that God gave Moses on Mount Sinai. It's in there because greed is saying, unless I have this thing, I won't be happy. So you're elevating something temporal to a place of being ultimately fulfilling. Right? But he says, you put, because of these things, the wrath of God is coming on the sons of disobedience in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. Now, don't miss that. And I think this is very, very powerful. Verse seven reminds us that our past does not have to be our destiny. See, really the testimony of the believer is that before Jesus, I used to be involved in all that stuff. And not that you should have been involved, but you would. Like we have this testimony of, hey, I was involved in this. I got all messed up in that. This thing was all jacked up. But guess what? We used to walk in those things before we were united with Christ. See, the beauty of being a follower of Jesus is that our testimony, you know, the testimony of Jesus is that because we used to be there doesn't mean we need to stay there. Jesus leads us out of these things. Jesus is... The saying goes that history repeats itself, but as you learn today, that doesn't have to happen in your life. Pastor Daniel reminded you that your past doesn't have to be your destiny. 
As you set your mind on the things above, Jesus will lead you out of the behaviors and mindsets that have had a stronghold on you. You can be free from what's held you back so that you can become more like Jesus and be his hands and feet in a world that desperately needs his love and grace. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Daniel and I wanna be honest with you for a moment. Life is messy and the hard reality is if it isn't messy for you now, it will be and it probably has been in the past. Did you know that you can still thrive in tough times? It's true, but only through the power of Jesus. That's the purpose behind my book, Honestly. I want you to know how to keep living your best life in Jesus, no matter the circumstances. You can find out more about it and get your own copy at jesusisrealradio.com. Hey, I wanted to remind you that each day on Facebook, Pastor Daniel shares a simple two-minute message. In this message, Pastor Daniel draws out an important biblical truth that really helps set your day on the right path. So be sure to follow Pastor Daniel Fusco on Facebook and share these two-minute messages with your friends and family. Next time on Jesus Is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel will continue to unpack what Colossians has to say about your focus. You'll discover that putting off your old ways paves the way for renewal. God wants to do a great work in your life, transforming you from the inside out. Pastor Daniel will urge you to focus on the things above, so you can experience all that God wants for you. You've been listening to Jesus Is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel will continue teaching through this series called Understanding Jesus. Until then, may God bless. <laughs>